Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 18th, 2021, and this is episode number 480, and this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. Uh, so if you head on over to ParanormalKing.com, you can get the, well, obviously if you're listening live, then you already have the links uh, but you can get the link there if you're uh, listening to this show after the fact that you want to catch the show live on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can also go to Paranewsinsider.com, the official home of the Paranormal News Insider, to get all the same links. Uh, but over at ParanormalKing.com, you can also get links to a lot of other fantastic shows that uh, – that I share this this uh, network with. So check all these excellent shows out. Uh, great interviews, which I don't do the whole interview thing. Uh, a lot of shows do that. But uh, I stick to the news because it's the news that uh, the stuff happening behind the scenes that keeps people interested in all this stuff. And it uh, brings people in to these fields. And... Uh, Hopefully, I can inspire some people tonight. We've got a lot of UFO stuff to talk about tonight. You may have heard a lot of stuff happening day after day, and I don't think it's going to stop as we head into the month of June. Uh, man, my uh, sinuses are kicking. Today's the first day we've kicked on the air conditioner here at home at the uh, studio, the official Paranormal News Center Studios. And, uh, man, it's really getting to my nose. It's a warm day out here in northeast Ohio, uh, mid to high 70s here. Uh, you didn't come for the weather report, I know. But uh, today, kind of a weird day, uh, actually getting to see people's faces other than very close family and uh, friends. Uh, people not wearing masks, uh, thanks to our uh, Mike DeWine, our Ohio governor uh, kind of saying, uh, well, May 2nd is going to be the day. And, well, hey, why not? Let's do it a couple weeks early. Pre-Memorial Day. Kind of funny how that works out. Um, to go mask-free here in the state of Ohio, I'm not a super huge fan about it. But uh, people are really upset about having to wear masks in public anymore, which... I'm used to it. I, it doesn't. I don't really care. It doesn't bother me if I, if it's helping me stay uh, from or keeping me from getting sick. All the better. Uh, I, I don't usually get sick sometime in the fall or over the winter. I didn't get sick at all this fall or winter. So I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing, and you know maybe people should start thinking about doing it during the flu season. I, I doubt people will do that, but why not? It uh, doesn't, uh, I don't know, Pe people are so worried about their freedoms, and, and uh, I, I don't know. It's it's just a mask. I don't know. I'm over it, though. Doesn't sound like it, but yeah, I'm done with it. Uh, so tonight, let's see. Uh, so last week, I did mention the Arkansas Paranormal Expo changed its date. You still got uh, some states that are kind of... You know, in limbo with all these laws and, and uh, well, I guess I can't call them laws, um, different uh, things that they're enacting statewide. Uh, a lot of companies are also ditching the mask uh, prerequisite to get in. It's Everything's going on the honor system that uh, people have gotten their COVID shots. Uh, but, uh, yeah, people, yeah, people are always truthful, 100%. Um, sure. But, uh, yeah, Arkansas Paranormal Expo changed its date. Uh, it was supposed to be October 2nd and 3rd, but it's changed to October 30th and 31st of this year in Little Rock, Arkansas, of course. Uh, we got some uh, events coming up this weekend. A pretty big event down in uh, one of my favorite places, uh, kind of my 
I guess it would be my stomping ground, the Mansfield Reformatory. Um, pretty famous spot up here in Ohio, Northeast Ohio, Mansfield. Um, ah, man, I've been probably been to the Mansfield Reformatory more than any other, I guess you'd say, haunted location than any other. It's a beautiful place. I mean, it's just just the history alone, uh, let alone uh, you know movies like uh, The Shawshank Redemption and Air Force One being filmed on site. And, of course, a lot of rap videos and uh, uh, rock videos as well. It's a beautiful building, largest uh, freestanding structure. I mean, the, the jails are just stacked, just just sitting there. Was that Creed? I think it was Creed that had a video back. Remember when Creed was cool? I think it was Creed, wasn't it? Creed? I don't remember. Um, bam, just a beautiful building. A lot of history into that building, uh, going all the way back to the Civil War. Yes, the Civil War. Um, beautiful building. Uh, again, I, I just love it. I've had a lot of great experiences there, felt a lot of things, heard a lot of things. Uh, no, 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 no. Godsmack. It's Godsmack. Oh, it just hit me. Um, beautiful building. It's a little bit of disrepair, but uh, it was one of my first places I ever went that was a uh, when I really started to get really super serious about doing this stuff. And I've been there a number of times. I've been fortunate to be there uh, with uh, probably less than five people in the building total. Uh, spent the night there a few times. I literally spent the night sleeping in that location, uh, helping clean up a couple of times. Just a, a beautiful building. I feel an attachment to there that I, I don't have to any other building. But anyway, getting a little little personal there. Uh, but we've got an event. Well, not we, but uh, they, somebody, has an event, uh, Paris Icon, coming up May 22nd and 23rd in Mansfield, Ohio. Actually, um, some friends of mine from the Tricy Ghost Hunters will be putting that event on. They actually uh, uh, spoke at my event that I had uh, a few years ago. Uh, great group. A lot of people that I know are going to be there. I know uh, Eric Altman is slated to be there from PA. Great uh, cryptid investigator, ghost researcher in his own right. Um, gosh, the list. There's like 200, 200 people will be there. Uh, Dave Schrader will be there. Uh, ben Hansen, Amy Bruni, Adam Barry, the Ghost Brothers. Um, trying to pull this out of my head here. Uh, just tons of people. It's it's. I wish I could go. I probably could go. Probably could go if I wanted to. I got a lot of other stuff going on, but it's uh, Saturday night. Man, I love that building. It's it's really fun when this place is packed too. Uh, it's fun when you're there by yourself. But I tell you, you get people there. There's an energy. In that building that you can't describe. Beautiful building. Uh, so again, that's uh, Parasicon coming up this, uh, is that this weekend? Yeah. Uh, Mansfield Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. Uh, the Phenomenology 2020 was supposed to be way back in February of this year. Uh, rescheduled till June. Actually, I think that was we scheduled, yeah, we scheduled from 2020, so it's technically Phenomenology 2020, although I think I think they're calling it Phenomenology 2021. Uh, it takes place June 3rd through the 5th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, the Fort Mifflin Paranormal Expo 2021, June 5th in Philadelphia, PA. Um, there's a handful of stuff coming up in June. You know, June is the new April at least this year for paranormal conferences and conventions. Usually April is, is the breakout month, but it looks like June. I think a lot of people gambled on that being, um, you know, kind of the opening of things. They're at least hopeful that summer would bring a nice fresh wave of uh, people being able to to hang out and go out. And, you know, I still caution people, be careful. Uh, always know what's happening at the venues uh, get in contact with those putting these things on just in case things get canceled or delayed or whatever due to any local uh, things going on with 
restrictions on gatherings. Uh, let's see. Not much going on in cryptozoology. We got Contact in the Desert coming up June 4th through the 7th in Indian Wells, California. And for the entire list of conferences, conventions, it's not as torn up as it was last year. It was horrendous last year with all the cancellations, delays, and postponements, and cancellations, and, and, and everything. Um, Paranewsinsider.com. Click on the Events tab. Up there at the top, second from the left. Uh, you click the home thing, you're not going to go anywhere. It's just going to spin you in a circle. But um, that's your uh, that's your wrap up for conferences, conventions. Um, I think it's good to to kind of get back out there and uh, a little bit. I don't think we should be having really big gatherings, but hey. Uh, seems like the the sporting venues, especially baseball, being in heavy season right now, are are opening things up. Not sure about hockey, but I'm sure the the hockey games now being in their prime, being in the playoffs, they're gonna start trying to pack these arenas as much as they can as well to get to make some money. But uh, ah, you know, I'm still still a little apprehensive about all that stuff. But uh, we'll see how things go. <clears throat> so. That being said, we are going to move now into cryptid news. Not a great segue, but here we are in cryptid news. So uh, probably the biggest story in cryptozoology is, um, well, last week was that Bengal tiger running around the streets of Houston, Texas. And um, I think it was yesterday morning I heard on... Well, I'll say it. Satellite radio. I heard somebody talking about this story, and they weren't sure uh, if the tiger had been found. And uh, you know, I shake my head at that because uh, you know I knew what happened with this the tiger, but it, it goes to emphasize a lot of these paranormal stories about how people are always excited about the big part of the story. When it breaks, you know, hey, a tiger loose in Houston, and everyone's worried about whether or not it's okay. And then uh, when the, the rest of that information comes out, people have already moved on. You know, it's it's like uh, TikTok videos got a shelf life of about uh, 25 minutes, and then everybody moves on. Uh, people don't stay uh, – they don't care about stuff for too long. It's it's not just the social media generation. I think that's uh, kind of goes back anyway. Uh, you hear a story, it kind of fizzles out. You don't hear too much, but then the next big thing comes out, and uh, everybody pays attention to that as well. But yes, the uh, the big scary story of the Bengal tiger loose in a residential area in uh, just outside of Houston, Texas, uh, back on May 9th, Sunday. May 9th, uh, Victor Hugo Cuevas uh, corralled the loose tiger, came outside, gave it like a bear hug. Can you say bears? Lions and tigers and bears, I guess. Okay, yeah, everybody says, oh my. Okay. Uh, so he corralled the loose tiger, which had uh, basically jumped a fence. You know, kept probably kept it in his backyard. And uh, jumped over the fence. I don't know how high of a fence you need to keep a Bengal tiger enclosed. It's probably pretty high. It's got to be pretty high. So, you know, if you have a dog, you probably need that six to eight foot fence. For a tiger, probably a 15, 20 foot fence. I don't know. I'm sure uh, they can jump pretty high. Uh, so, uh, Victor uh, corralled the cat, brought it inside, and uh, loaded it up to his white Jeep. Is it a Wrangler? I forget what it was. And uh, took off the tiger. And he evaded police. Uh, there was a short chase through the streets of, uh, well, not Houston, but west of Houston, Texas. And uh, he got away. But he was apprehended. But the tiger was missing. Did the tiger fall out? Did it run away? Did he just, like, you know, open the door and say, roll, tiger, roll? That's kind of what I imagined. Like, how do you how do you drive away? How do you escape from the police with a giant tiger? And then they catch you, and you don't have the tiger. 
where's the tiger? Uh, that was the big question last week. Everyone wondered what happened to it. You know, did the guy let it loose out of the mean streets of Houston, Texas, or are we going to find this thing traveling throughout Texas? Uh, maybe checking out the South by Southwest festival all the way out there in Austin. I don't know. Well, that's so that was earlier this year. Um, but where's the tiger? That was the big question all week. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on about this case, about, uh, Victor's background and uh, his lawyer saying that it's not his tiger. Well, he was a hero because he captured the tiger. He saved everyone's lives. He's a hero. He should be given the keys to the city. Well, he didn't say that, but that's, you know, it seems like that's kind of the direction he was going. This guy was a hero and it's not his tiger. He was just watching it for somebody else. That's what they all say, isn't it? That's not mine, officer. I'm just watching it for somebody else. I don't know how that got in my car. I don't know how that got in my club club box. It's not mine. I, I don't ride in the passenger seat. I don't know how it got there. I don't even use the ashtray. Um, so yes, this week, the Tiger has been turned in. It didn't turn itself in, didn't come in, you know, with his paws crossed behind his back or anything like that. Uh, but the Tiger was turned in and is uh, seemingly in good condition. Uh, Victor and his lawyer had uh, denied the tiger belonging to Victor, but uh, Michael Elliott, the lawyer himself, stated that the person who had the tiger called Victor's wife, Gia, and said that they would uh, they had the tiger and that they would be willing to turn it over to the police. So they arranged this uh, meeting. I think it was at a uh, like a, a tennis, like a tennis court. So it'd be kind of probably climb a chain link fence, but at least it's taller than the fence in the backyard. And uh, it's also been released that Victor and his wife did, in fact, own the tiger for about nine months, which is how old the tiger is. Uh, A nine month old Bengal tiger. That thing is big. It's bigger than most large dogs. It's only nine months old. And so at nine months, it's already jumped up the fence. Can you imagine what the thing would have been two to three years old or five years old if it made it that long? I mean, St. Chester Cheetah. Uh, this is a big cat. Um, Buddy's safe. And the tiger is actually named India, which is kind of cool, I guess. Uh, it was evaluated and sent to the Cleveland Armory Black Beauty Ranch Wildlife Sanctuary in Murchison, Texas. And I think they really need to look at that name. Cleveland Armory Black Beauty Ranch Wildlife Sanctuary. I think they should shorten that down a little bit. But uh, that wildlife sanctuary already has some tigers. uh, Lots of land for it to roam. So much better than a backyard in West Houston, Texas. Uh, So probably a, a good story for that. But Uh, For me, I wonder, uh, and again, we talked about this last week, how many uh, wild, how many stories of wild animals in the Houston area? Uh, It's a big concern down there, and it's been a a big debate all week down there about uh, all these exotic animals that are discovered. Uh, It's weird because that's, again, that's, we had the tiger, the one that was uh, stuck in a cage in an abandoned building. Uh, discovered by some uh, vagrants uh, smoking pot. They stumbled upon a tiger in a cage, and that what an experience that has to be, to be high as a kite and find a, a tiger in a cage. I wonder how long they took them to figure out it was real, and if they all have, have all their fingers intact. But um, not the first time. Uh, there's a few more sightings of tigers. That's crazy. In a major metropolitan area, it's a it's a pretty big city. It's a, it's a pretty packed. I probably mentioned it before. I, I've driven through Houston, and I'll tell you, it seems like it never ends. I mean, you, you think Atlanta's big. If you've ever driven through Atlanta, man, Houston just goes on forever. Uh, kind of like the story. But anyway, it's, uh, it's a good ending for the Tiger India. And uh, we'll have to see. I know uh, Victor is being held on, uh, I think it's $300,000 bond. He's got a not-so-good history uh, with the law. So 
yeah, this could turn out to be a really, really bad story for him. Uh, but uh, it could be a good story, too. It had a good ending, and hopefully it's a good story because, you know, maybe Houston, maybe Texas will will start to uh, clamp down on these animals, exotic pets. It's just crazy. And, and again, you never know. This emphasizes the point I, I make all the time when talking about these kind of stories. You never know what your neighbor might have in their backyard, really. Um, I know here in Ohio, uh, there was a uh, a very unfortunate incident that took place uh, just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Not not as big as Houston, but again, a major metropolitan area where a gentleman had uh, a, a ton, I shouldn't say a ton, but over 50 exotic animals on his property, including tigers, including lions, and yes, bears, uh, also mountain lions, uh, some monkeys, uh, all on his property. He uh, wasn't doing so well mentally and uh, let all the animals loose before he took his own life. And officers responded to the scene and unfortunately had to uh, dispatch the animals. And there was a couple of close calls with the, uh, the officers being in danger as the sun was going down. And unfortunately, they had to put all the animals down. They didn't have time to tranquilize them and capture them safely. They're just running amok and, you know, animals will travel. And they found everything but one of the monkeys, which they think that one of the tigers or the lion ate. Uh, but that uh, really sad and unfortunate incident it really kind of kick-started the campaign here in Ohio to uh, to form some legislator, legis- legislation to... Uh, kind of curb all this craziness that people have. There's a lot of people uh, that had uh, exotic animals in their backyards, and it wasn't out of the ordinary for people anywhere in Ohio to hear a lion roar in a residential area. So not good stuff, uh, but uh, hopefully you know we can get over owning animals like this. So we, you know, I mentioned last week how there's uh, more tigers in captivity, in private zoos or in private backyard uh, menageries than than actually in zoos or in the wild, which is highly disturbing. Uh, Tigers are are big on the the, uh, exotic animal trade. Uh, There's breeders that breed these animals, but that's not going to save their dwindling numbers in the wild. Uh, Most of those animals are interbred within families, and you can't really put those out in the wild because all the genetic defects so kind of a sad situation with the the tigers and and wish that could uh, get people to open their eyes about uh, you know how they're disappearing in the wild and uh, speaking of rash of sightings of of animals that don't belong in certain areas uh as you well know off and on we've talked about uh, alligators being in different places where they are not supposed to be all over the uh, the United States. Well, uh, interesting story out of Michigan where, and this is weird, I've never heard of this, uh, but there are so many alligator sightings in Michigan that recently uh, a sanctuary invited uh, police out and trained them with hands-on experience, by the way, with uh, two to three foot alligators and then four to five foot alligators in how to handle them, how to capture them, and then how to release them with uh, all your limbs intact, which is weird. You know, training officers in the state of Michigan how to capture alligators, that's just unheard of. There's no reason for that, but uh, there is a reason for that because there are so many that are let loose uh, in Michigan, especially the waters of Michigan, obviously the waters of Michigan. And, you know, what was it? Uh, I think almost 10, I think eight, eight or nine counties already this year in Michigan, which I didn't even catch any of those stories, but uh, actually, no. That's not this year. It was not 2019. So last year they they took out a, a bunch of alligators. Uh, we talked about a few of them here on the show. A uh, year prior, uh, nine alligators from eight different Michigan counties were found. 
that's it's disturbing. I mean, again, think about it. You're you're out with your family up in in Michigan, maybe at the lake, the big lake, and uh, you know you're just hanging out on the beach. The last thing you'd expect to see is an alligator in the water. Um, but you know, I've read a lot of uh, interesting stories of of kayakers encountering alligators in different places, and you know, just uh, really been kind of uh, amazed at these stories and you know as a kayaker myself and i enjoy going out to any area here in ohio pennsylvania or neighboring states and and hanging out in the water like that's some really scary stuff and granted most of these are pretty small they're two to three foot long but again you don't expect to see these things uh so it's kind of weird to hear that but yes the um Critchlow Alligator Sanctuary in Athens is offering a course for animal control officers on how to safely catch alligators. So, uh, and the the good side of that is as well, uh, when officers don't know how to respond, they don't know how they don't know how to uh, approach these animals. Unfortunately, they rely on their weapons, and they dispatch these animals because they don't have any safe way or, or the knowledge to capture these creatures. So. Unfortunately, it leads to their death. So this is a, a pretty good thing. Uh, although I think they should focus the time to educate people on not getting these animals or blocking sites that uh, these people are getting these animals from. And um, stop this from happening. It's, it's not good. It's not good at all. Well, I've got no segue for that. Not good at all to uh, UFO news, which could be good. Suppose it's it's good. Um, the big news out of, I don't know, it's all big news, it seems like, recently. There's a lot of stuff, and it's, it's really just, uh, it's not stopped the whole entire week. And I think this was kind of done on purpose, this uh, first story here on the UFO topic. Uh, a new video. Of a purported unidentified aerial phenomena, still weird to say that, uh, has shown up uh, another leaked video, which is kind of weird. You know, how does this stuff get out? How do people find this stuff? Uh, it always amazes me. I'm, I'm wondering how that happens. Um, yeah, another leaked video. Uh, this one was purportedly filmed aboard the USS Omaha off the coast of San Diego on July 15th, 2019. And a video appeared on the Instagram account uh, of investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbill, who has kind of been in the news a couple of times recently with UFO videos and UFO information. Uh, So in the video, I wasn't sure when I first saw this. It didn't seem too legit to me the way it was shown. I had to do some other quick research, and it didn't take too long uh, before uh, a lot of information came out about this. But in the video, we do hear the chatter of men talking, and there's some there's some um, military speak going on. You can kind of tell it's probably legit from that. It just seemed a little weird to me. And they're watching a uh, a black and white video on a screen, and the the video is filmed with something else. From that onto that screen uh, that's pointed toward the monitor, probably a a smartphone, I'm guessing, is uh, filming right off the monitor. Uh, After a few seconds, there's a black sphere, which is in in the crosshairs in the video. Uh, It's kind of flying around, and then it seems to slow down. It slowly descends uh, toward the the water, and it seems to be kind of hovering over the water there for a second. And all of a sudden... It splashed is the, what, what is said. And I think it's like three different people that say it at, almost at the same time. Uh, as this ball object seems to bounce a little bit. It was kind of weird how it went into the water and disappeared from the camera. Uh, we're seeing what seems to be an infrared camera uh, view of the object. Uh, so that has... You know, a little bit to do with potentially what we might actually be seeing if there's a logical explanation to this. But uh, infrared 
kind of would change the shape. So we, this thing might not even be round. It's just what we see is round of the shape. And the fact that it's round may also point to the, the possibility. I'm not saying this is exactly what this is, that uh, what we're seeing here is not the object uh, from the side. So it's not like we're looking at this object moving around. This could be from behind the object or maybe even in front of the object. Uh, so it could be uh, heading toward or, or I, I kind of would think this thing is moving away from the camera and it could give a round shaped appearance and the darkness, uh, if I'm correct with this video being infrared, would be from heat. So a heat signature possibly. And we've seen videos of this uh, like this before that were purported UFO videos that uh, were later on determined to be just jet aircraft in the, in the distance. But uh, jet aircraft don't routinely uh, bounce on the surface of the water and disappear onto the surface. So uh, that's an interesting observation. Uh, I mean, it could be some sort of bird, but uh, not too many round birds out there that uh, bounce on the surface of the water before going under. So I don't know. This is a, is an interesting video, and it's, I was a little skeptical when I first saw it. But, um, yeah, interesting. Uh, but, again, uh, the, the key takeaway for me with this video is this, is why do we continue to see leaked videos from the, the Navy? How are these videos getting out? Uh, I mean... The Navy doesn't really seem to uh, put off by all these videos coming out. They don't. They don't freak out. They don't deny it. Uh, they're pretty pretty quick to admit that these videos are legitimate, and they don't really seem too concerned about a lack of control of the people within the Navy having, you know, this information or, or this uh, footage at their disposal. Uh, you'd think that. There would be some uh, repercussions or investigations. I mean, who says there's not? Uh, but you'd think people would be a little apprehensive uh, about releasing these things. And it wouldn't be too hard to determine the people in that video, I don't think. Uh, if anybody familiar with that ship at the time, uh, I think they could probably narrow down the, the few people that would have been in that room at that time. Uh, so I'm not sure if, if I'm in the military uh, I want to get in the in the middle of that of releasing classified information on my own. Um, things get a little fishy out there at sea, especially in the Navy. No pun intended. Uh, but any time in the military that you're messing around with things that uh, the higher ups don't want getting out, uh, sometimes things get a little complicated for your career. And yeah, I. I think that people would be a, a little intimidated by that. But uh, that's why I was concerned or thinking that possibly this video might just be pushing the boundaries of reality and uh, might have just been something that was concocted by somebody. Uh, but it didn't take too long for that video to come out. And a uh, Pentagon spokesperson came out and said that... Uh, it's it's real. It's legit. It did happen on the USS Omaha. And it was confirmed by a Pentagon spokesperson to have been taken by a, by Navy personnel. And the video is included in ongoing examinations of UAP phenomena by the UAP task force. So this is another one of those uh, official videos that's uh, linked to the ongoing investigations. So, again, how are these official videos being leaked one by one. And to me, uh, I would think it's on purpose kind of to, to uh, maybe dilute the public. You know, there's a little bit less of a wow factor every time one of these things come out, I think. Um, you know, those of us that have uh, been involved in the UFO field over the years are, are not too shocked by what we're seeing. Uh, we're just shocked by the fact that the, the military is, is on board with this and the military is not denying any of this stuff. They're really going along with it. And the fact that uh, other people in the government are pushing this stuff to, to find information out a lot more than, uh, let's say, groups like MUFON 
or all the other individuals that we used to hear jumping up and down, uh, pounding on tables, parading around with disclosure signs. Uh, where are those people at? I don't see them. Uh, but it seems like the, the uh, politicians are taking uh, more of a stance on, on UFOs, well, I should say UAPs, than the, the general public. And it seems like the general public is, is starting to get into this a little bit. So maybe it's possible that these videos are being leaked one by one to kind of I'll get us used to seeing this stuff or kind of numb it a little bit. So, you know, a good majority of the general public doesn't really believe in any of this stuff. They all think it's fake. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I think you're slowly converting some people into potential believers in all this stuff. And we'll see. You know, the, the clock's ticking. We're getting close to June. And we all know that June is uh, supposed to be the deadline for the release of information on uh, UAPs and what the government knows, what they've uh, kind of disseminated. I, I don't think you're going to get much more than a, an acknowledgement of the cases that we've already been leaked and maybe a little bit more information about those uh, videos as well as maybe a couple more, but I, I don't think you're going to get really anything in the way of answers or disclosure. I don't think anyone's going to come out and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hangar 18, yeah, true story. Uh, Roswell, yeah, true story. Now, the bodies, well, we might have a finger or two, but uh, not the whole body. Yeah, I don't think any of that kind of stuff's going to come out. Oh, reverse engineered UFOs, absolutely. It's going to be at the air show this fall. Uh, I don't think that any of that stuff's going to come out. I think it's just going to be, yeah, we um, we saw some stuff. We got some videos of some stuff. And we have no clue what this stuff is. Uh, but there you go. I'm pretty sure that's, that's uh, I pretty much summarized that. Uh, granted, it's going to be uh, a lot of mumbo jumbo and uh, hundreds of pages of of uh, probably really some really interesting stories and uh, observations by people uh, who saw these things and a, a breakdown. We've, we've already seen some of this stuff that I think w is going to be included into uh, this uh, I don't know, probably meaningless release of information. It's just going to be long drawn out descriptions of the stuff we've already seen. Uh, probably a, a couple of other extra ones that are less phenomenal than what we've seen so far. But we can hope. We can uh, hope for uh, a lot more information coming out in June. Uh, so the, the big thing about the, uh, the video, which is really kind of weird, this USS Omaha video, is uh, was put out. It's kind of bookended by a couple of things that happened uh, in, the, uh, in the media. Uh, so Sunday night, I didn't get to see it. I had to work a little later than I really wanted to. Um, so I didn't get home in time. I didn't get to see it. Uh, I've watched uh, a few bits and pieces of it online. Uh, 60 Minutes. So I don't know if you, anybody out there saw the six, the uh, CBS News' 60 Minutes episode this Sunday uh, talking about the current state of UAPs. I mean, primetime TV show, weekend, you know, Sunday night, that's that's a pretty big deal to be talking about this topic. And and again, it goes to put an exclamation point on the fact that this is uh, this is mainstream news talking about this stuff. They're not making fun of it anymore. Uh, the uh, what I saw on this, the uh, the replays and the short clips of videos and people talking it seemed like people were pretty serious, and they they were taking this topic uh, very serious when they covered it. it wasn't uh, you know X Files theme music and people laughing and giggling, uh, which we have generally seen on news reports late at night. You know they they got to fill in the time, and the the weatherman did the best job he could of uh, making some jokes and complaining about uh, people complaining about the weather. Uh, well, we got one more story. Uh -huh. It's uh, people that saw a UFO, and everybody laughs. Uh, 
the uh, the desk can't contain itself. You know, we're used to seeing stuff like that. But now, 60 Minutes, a serious episode. Um, probably the second biggest story of the week, although uh, the show really, uh, gosh, got a lot of press, got a lot of attention. I, I don't... I don't know how much uh, viewership was. I haven't seen uh, any numbers yet. Um, that's one thing I wanted to do before the show to see how many people were watching that episode. But um, I knew it was going to happen. I'd heard about it. wasn't sure how popular it was going to be. But it seems like it, it was a pretty big splash uh, on the topic. And uh, so correspondent Bill Whitaker tackled the subject of unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, if you've ever watched 60, 60 minutes, it's, you know, interview style show, some backstory on the topics. Uh, but, uh, generally bringing a lot of people in that, uh, you know, it's a lot of hush hush stuff. Sometimes some of the stuff has leaked ahead of time and you can read about what's going to happen. But, uh, some people knew some of the stuff that, uh, got cut on the, uh, you know, to the cutting room floor, but uh, nobody really knew uh, everything that was going to happen in the show uh, from what I was reading. And so the interviews included former Navy pilots, Commander Dave Fraver and Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich, who are the primary witnesses in the November 14, 2004 USS Nimitz UAP sighting, uh, which took place about 100 miles off the coast of San Diego, California. And of course, uh, this sighting became well known as the Tic Tac UFO sighting. Um, forget which one. I think it was Dietrich. I'm pretty sure Dietrich uh, had never done an interview for this, uh, this sighting before. So it's a pretty groundbreaking that one of the pilots had never uh, gone on the record publicly. Uh, about this sighting so uh, you know watching these interviews you know these are trained pilots and pilots are you know I, I don't know how, how great pilots are nowadays versus pilots 20 30 years ago who uh, did rely more on visual things than um, heads up displays and uh, different things that uh, can guide them through the skies uh, you know, I, there's still observers, though, and there's still people with uh, good vision, uh, good heads on their shoulders. Uh, so they have to be aware of what's going on around them. And so they talked about their sighting and they talked about how they were on a training exercise, again, off the, the coast of San Diego, California, uh, aboard the USS Nimitz. Uh, when they were suddenly diverted from the training exercises to engage a strange object. And the object itself, uh, again, was a white tic-tac-shaped object, which uh, this is the sighting that launched it all. This is, this is kind of when it started off of this latest movement. And uh, the object they encountered was moving along the surface of the water, kind of strangely, uh, as uh, Fraver went to take a closer look. Uh, he noticed the object had no markings, no wings, and had no exhaust coming from it. So essentially, no visible means of flight or propulsion. This thing shouldn't be flying. It's uh, kind of goes, this is when you start talking about things that go against physics. How does something like that fly? Uh, how is it getting its propulsion? Weird. So as he uh, tried to cut the craft off, trying to get in front of it, uh, it suddenly accelerated. And it seemed like it just disappeared into thin air. Uh, but moments later, the object was reacquired on radar uh, from the, uh, the ship, USS Nimitz. Uh, it was about 60 miles away in just a handful of seconds. Uh, that's some pretty good speed that this uh, craft was traveling. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio was uh, acting chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Uh, he also spoke about the strange craft reported 
by the pilots. And uh, he seems to lean in the direction of them being a foreign intelligence threat. Now, this is uh, kind of the angle that, you know, that I've kind of supported recently throughout these things. I, I think this is really, you know, a way to gauge public interest or public fear, potentially, of uh, foreign governments putting uh, surveillance technology in our uh, airspace, as well as uh, uh, foreign adversaries having technology that um, pretty much blows ours out of the water from the sounds of it. Um, but uh, Rubio came out and he basically said, these, uh, not, these objects are not ours. And he uh, added, quote, uh, we certainly want to make sure that it's not a foreign adversary uh, capability, meaning the Russians or the Chinese have developed some technology. Uh, it's a huge counterintelligence threat if that's what it is. We want to take that seriously, unquote. And, uh, you know, I couldn't agree, and I've, I've said it before. Uh, you know, if these craft are to be discovered to be aliens or maybe t designed and you know left here on Earth as a... Uh, Maybe like robotic craft, like what we do. You know, we launch things to, to Mars to survey and to look at and spy on and take data. You know, maybe that's what these are. These are just these uh, little robotic things with uh, different gadgets on it to, to gauge these crazy people on this planet. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think... As mind-boggling as it would be, I think for a lot of people, it would be kind of a relief to know, hey, uh, this, is, uh, this is really happening. I mean, obviously, it would uh, have some, some pretty, big, uh, pretty big things to, to go on with, uh, you know, religion, organized religion would uh, have some issues with all this stuff. But I, I think overall, publicly, yeah, of course, you're going to have people freaking out uh, if we discover aliens but that that's not just a, a U.S. problem. That's a global problem that, uh, you know, it might actually be good. It actually bring people together. I know. I doubt it. But uh, that's a, it's a worldwide threat. And, and this, these UAPs, yeah, uh, other governments see these things, but it just seems like it's, uh, you know, the United States is really taking this seriously. You don't hear a whole lot of other people chiming in on these things. So why would it only... You know, why would white tic tacs and, and all these other things only invade U.S. airspace? And, you know, California, nowhere else in the planet is that much that we know of, at least. Uh, so uh, potential counterintelligence threat, which uh, to me, again, yeah, if, you know, it would be mind boggling if we did find aliens and we could validate that and, you know, catch a, a craft and, and poke around it and see you know, what it's made out of and, and how it's flying and what all this, this stuff is. That would be pretty cool. But uh, I think it would be pretty scary either way uh, to find out that other governments have technology that uh, we can't match. And uh, that, that means we've lost our edge in the military and uh, we put us on the defense. And uh, this is pretty scary. It should be eye-opening stuff for people. Uh, so no matter what's going on, it could have some uh, very negative effects for, for the globe, for the world. And, I mean, it's true. Um, mentioned in chat how countries can't even get together to, to work on the asteroid problem. I mean, Arecibo was uh, fantastic for tracking that stuff, and nobody really cared to give any money to rebuild that or save it or swoop in and say, hey, you know, maybe we should save that thing. You know, China's got its own uh, big dish. It's not really designed to, to do that as well as uh, Arecibo, even though that thing is ginormous. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like not everybody's concerned about the same things. And we can't even work together on some simple things. Like, oh, I don't know, the safety of the Earth from big giant rocks falling on top of us. Uh, but, uh, hey... You know, maybe eventually we'll take that seriously, like a bunch of dinosaurs, and we'll figure that part out. So, 
Sunday night, the uh, 60 Minutes episode, pretty big deal. And we follow that up. So all this this uh, excitement, UAPs, UFOs, Sunday night, uh, dropping it. And then Monday night, it continues. The party rages on. Maybe this is the after party. Uh, Monday night, former President Barack Obama appeared on The Late Show with James Corden. Now, Obama's made some jokes about the topic. He's kind of made light of the subject, and sometimes he does give semi-serious uh, interviews about the topic, and joking about information that he can or can't release. And, um, you know, he, he always does the same thing. He starts out serious, and then he starts joking about it. But uh, this, uh, watching the clips, uh, I've never seen him really this... Uh, really this serious on this topic and it, it was it's kind of eye-opening to me you know to hear him talk about it because I've, I've heard him talk about it over the years and he did kind of start out softly on the topic uh, before saying uh, what a lot of others have said about the information that's been uh, leaking out of the government for the last few years and uh, he says uh, quote what is true and I'm actually being serious here is that there is footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain how they move, their trajectory. They did not have an easily explainable pattern. And so I think the people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is, unquote. Um, so it's a little eye-opening. You know, the president's saying that, hey, uh, people are uh, studying this stuff. They're looking into it because, frankly, we don't know how they're doing what they're doing. And again, that kind of goes with what um, what I feel like. Even if the government would say, okay, 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 fine. You guys win. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you everything we know about UFOs. Uh, I really think it would be a quick press conference because I don't think they know as much as what we think they do. And a lot of people think we've got reverse te technology and aliens locked up and uh, doing all kinds of weird things. You know, we've got uh, supposedly some people think we've got agreements with with uh, aliens on different things. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we're selling humans as slaves or something or cattle to them. I don't know what people think, but uh, I think the reality is is a lot more scary than all this make believe thoughts and and things because. The scary thing is, is they just don't know. They have no clue. Like, we have no clue. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's flying over our, in our skies. And I think that's the case with the government. They really don't know. And that's why, and that's again why I think they're leaking this information out, just to see how some people react to it or how some people disseminate some of these things. So uh, one thing that I, I didn't talk about, and that would have been last week, was... Uh, way back on Monday, May 10th, so a week ago Monday, uh, there was an article in the, in the New Yorker that was published on the UAP phenomena. And it probably took me a week to read it, to be honest. It's a very lengthy article, uh, but it's a it's a pretty easy read. And once you start going, uh, it's it's a very nice thing to read. And there's a ton of information in in that title in that. Uh, that article. So it's titled How the Pentagon Started Taking UFOs Seriously. For decades, flying saucers were a punchline. Then the U.S. government got over the taboo. And it was written by Gideon, Gideon Lewis Krauss. So as you can tell, uh, it's got the it used the word UFO in it, and which I thought was a little interesting. But uh, you know, not everybody's on board with the UAP. I, I think it's weird. Myself, I think it's uh, kind of like distancing language. And again, that's why I think that this is uh, more foreign technology than than uh, anything that uh, is from outer space or from another galaxy or anything like that. And I think they know that. I think they're well aware of it. That it's uh, earthbound type stuff. 
they're just very careful not to give away too much in these videos. Uh, they're trying to give us the, the most ambiguous stuff. Um, but yeah, this article is very heavy with a UFO angle and the UFO, not just unidentified flying object. And a lot of people say, well, UFO doesn't mean aliens because it's just an unidentified flying object. That's pretty much what they sound like too. But uh, UFO obviously is, yeah, that's part of the definition. But the, the second part, uh, unfortunately, over time, uh, has also attached itself to to mean aliens or to be related to aliens or uh, extraterrestrials or intelligent life from uh, somewhere other than here, which uh, is uh, kind of a relief. Um, so the article leans... Uh, leans in on the topic. They start out by talking with uh, talking about Stephen Greer, who founded the, the uh, Disclosure Project, and talks about the government release of uh, information uh, back in 2001. So, I mean, obviously, disclosure talks have been going around a, a lot longer than 2001, but this was pretty much kind of the effort, the beginning of the effort with politicians tied to the story in the uh, the most serious way so no it's not been that long it's it's two decades 20 years that the government started to and even back then yeah it was a punchline just like the story says it wasn't anything that uh, everybody took seriously it was only a handful of people in in the government a lot of other people were uh, trying to get those people kicked out of the government uh, the the article again it's it's a lengthy article I'll, I'll put the uh, let me just put the link in chat and you guys can devour that at your leisure and so again that's another good thing about uh, hanging out in the chat room is that uh, sometimes when I remember or I think about it uh, I share links to these stories in there and then sometimes uh, also I have photographs to kind of explain some of these stories so there's the the article to the new yorker there in chat and i'll try to remember to get it out on facebook been really bad about that lately the last few episodes but uh, i'll do my best get some of these stories out there especially that one uh, the new york it's a very good article very in-depth uh, great great research on this and yeah like i said uh, stephen greer kind of launches from there and it goes into uh, all sorts of topics, uh, kind of UFOs, but more on a serious note, not going too far out there with any of this stuff. And again, it's it's kind of the alien spaceship angle of UFOs, not just on the unidentified flying objects. And it, it does talk about Project Blue Book. It does mention J. Allen Hynek. It talks about Robert Bigelow. A lot of name dropping, a lot of different people and places uh, inside the government and outside of it. Uh, it even talks about uh, skeptic Mick West of Metabunk um, as it winds its way into the current times of where we're at right now with the uh, the release of these leaked videos over the last few years of these handful, small handful of videos leaked out to us uh, over the course of the last few years. And again, the focus is on extraterrestrials, which does apply to a lot of people. I should say appeal to a lot of people. As uh, being the culprits behind these sightings, uh, Tic Tac videos and all these other things. Uh, again, it's a well-written, well-researched article uh, leading up to the bombshell. The article in the New York Times uh, a few years back that really started this latest trend on the government taking the subject seriously. It's, it's really where it all started. And uh, it probably shocked a lot of people of the general population who uh, really thought everything about UFOs was um, pretty much made up or only believed by crazy people, you know, crackpots who lived in their parents' basement or, or whatever you want to say derogatory about UFO believers. But, but now, you know, politicians are taking it seriously. Uh, people are talking about it on news stations and uh, 60 minutes. That's a pretty big deal. So we got to keep our eyes on that, uh, and hopefully we get some uh, more information from the government soon, but don't hold your breath. 
don't hold your breath and don't expect the world. Um, but hopefully something does get released. It's going to be really frustrating. And I think there's been enough pressure, all these things coming out, uh, pushing, pushing, pushing for something. Uh, so the more that I see a lot of this um, pressure by things like 60 Minutes and uh, you know the article by The New Yorker, things like that are exactly what this uh, this needs to really push harder on the government to to actually give out some more information. So hopefully uh, this works and we might have some more down the road in the next couple of weeks to, to add a little bit more pressure to all this. But uh, we'll, you know, we'll see. You know, maybe they'll just continue to leak out a video every few months and just uh, that's all we get. I don't know, but we'll keep uh, keep our eyes peeled. That sounds painful. Yeah, don't peel your eyes. Um, just keep them open. And keep them to the skies, as you know. I'll see you next week. But for now, yeah, keep those eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, like Journey says, like you sang last Friday in karaoke, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.